So are you the kind of person who needs a little bit of listening juice in order to be quick to listen and slow to speak? Huh. Let's talk about that today. Hi, I'm D. Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Welcome back to another podcast. You can hear me lighting my cigar of choice for the day today. And this one is a CAO Heritage Reserve cigar. I'm kind of surprised at this. I like CAO cigars. My favorite of all, the CAO cigar, is the Brasilia. It's a short kind of dog walker size, but this is not a Brasilia. It's not short. It's not the dog walker size. (laughs) You know what I mean by that? It's a cigar that's small enough. You could take your dog on a 35 or 40 minute walk and uh, be finished with a cigar by the time you got home. It also looks a little bit like uh, that Brasilia one I'm talking about. looks a little bit like what the dog might leave behind with all due respect. But the uh, CAO Heritage Reserve cigar I've got today is a very pretty cigar. It's a box-pressed cigar. If you know anything about cigars, uh, they're square. Uh, Not perfectly square, slightly rounded edges, but they feel kind of of nice. I I like them. It's a six, uh, a little bit more than six inches long, and it's only about a 50 ring, maybe slightly, maybe it's a 48 ring cigar. So it's one of those long cigars, like a bad guy in a movie would smoke. Not the bad guy, but the guy who hires all the bad guys would smoke. (laughs) Oh, interesting. But this is a good cigar. Uh, When I first lit it, though, because I'm maybe an inch into it now as I start recording, it smelled and tasted a little bit like hay (laughs) or grass, field grass or something like that. So I just got to relight this here, get it going again. But as it got going just a little bit, more than a few puffs, and I got over the smell of hay or grass, which is okay. I just don't want to smoke hay, right? (laughs) Or grass. Don't want to smoke that either. Just between you and me. Uh, Anyway, it didn't have a good taste to start with. But after a little bit of time, it changed, thankfully. And uh, this is a cigar that's uh, Honduran and Dominican. And then the wrapper is Nicaraguan. I think there might be more Nicaraguan inside it because it's got that wonderful Nicaraguan zest to it. like it a lot. So what happened was that that flavor changed into something a little bit more tangy. Yeah, if you uh, have peanuts that have been roasted a little bit too much, it's got that taste to it. Kind of tangy too. Folks say that it has a coffee taste to it. I do not get that. Probably because what I'm drinking today with you is... mm, Let me put that down so I don't make the editor unhappy. There we go. Now you can actually hear what I'm saying. What I'm going to drink today is a Stellum bourbon, S-T-E-L-L-U-M. The bottle looks like a wine bottle. Stellum bourbon, what they say about themselves is that they are driven by progress. 
means nothing to me. They're driven by progress and critical thinking, and above all, an attention to detail. That sounds more like something you would read on the back of a a pharmaceutical company's marketing. (laughs) They go on to say, we're devoted, they go on to say, to bringing American whiskey into the modern age with simple, elegant blends and single barrels selected with care and intention. I don't know about you. When I read stuff like that, it's like, okay, some marketing guy who knows nothing about bourbon wrote that because I don't want really modern age bourbon. I like the stuff where they figured the recipe out in 1890. That's what bourbon's supposed to be like. They figured it out in the early 1900s, and they've been doing it exactly like that ever since ah, because they perfected it. I prefer that. However, this is really good stuff. All that aside, it's quite good. If you could see the bottle, it's half empty or half full, depending upon what perspective you choose. <laughs> it's a 57.9% ABV. That's 115 proof, almost 115 proof. So you would expect this bourbon to be very hot and have a bit of an ethanol flavor or alcohol flavor to it. However, it although it has a little bit of a hotness to it when you first sip it, there we go. One ice cube to cool it down, but I don't want that ice cube to melt, so I only pour. That's probably a half of a shot, because I like to take a long time and sip these and enjoy them. But anyway, this bourbon has a bit of a hot hit at first. I can feel the heat way in the back of my mouth, but the heat from the alcohol starts to fade, and it leaves this wonderful sweetness to it. It's very, very good. So I like to guess the flavors and the smells of both cigars and of bourbons before I read about them at all. I smell, when I smell this, it truly smells like vanilla, like the genuine vanilla that you would use in cooking, not the fake vanilla. And it smells a little bit like a spice that I can't quite wrap my mind around. Maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe it's like anise. I think it smells, yeah, that's probably it. It smells a little bit like anise, and then I get a, a little bit of a, there's the oak smell in there as well. I really like this stuff. So then when I went to read the reviews about it, they added in words like baking spice. (laughs) I don't know what baking spice smells like. Maybe that's what it smells like. The nose is a little more simple than I had expected when I first, I remember when I first smelled this, I thought, "Ah, that smells kind of basic. But then as I then got the taste in my mouth and enjoyed it with a cigar, the nose started to change a little bit on it. There's a There's a hint of uh, cinnamon in that as well. The aftertaste is a little bit like cinnamon to me. A little bit, but it's all extremely subtle. I like it a lot. I highly recommend it. This is the Stellum Bourbon. This is the one, they have several of them. This is the one with the blue label. And I have not ventured yet into the other ones. Interesting, as I pour bourbon, <laughs> my wife, Julie, recently, <laughs> I may have mentioned this in one of my earlier podcasts because she says it all the time. Come home after a long day or a long trip or something like that and walk in and, and uh, Julie might be there working on something and, and she wants to talk about some things she's discovered or learned or an idea she's got or something like that. It's always great. And one time I paused while I was l- looking at her, trying to shift gears from my day into the world that I was now entering looked at her and, and apparently I was uh, had an expression on my face like I was having a hard time tracking. And she said, wait, she said, I'll stop. Do you need to go get a glass of your listening juice? <laughs> 
I laughed. I love that so much. It's very, very funny. So now ever since then, I will interrupt her when she starts to speak after a long day or after a short day, you know, I'll interrupt and say, wait, 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 let me go get some listening juice. The other day I even offered to her because I came home as the one who wanted to ramble and ramble, much like I'm doing right now in this podcast. And she was looking at me with a blank stare like, I have no freaking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I said, wait, do you need to get some listening juice? Now she's fancier than I am. So she likes wine and she likes gin. Not together, not the same night, but she likes wine and gin. So that's our phrase, listening juice. So let's talk about that today. Let's talk about listening. Did you hear that? Huh. So are you the kind of person who needs a little bit of listening juice in order to be quick to listen and slow to speak? The other day I was uh, I was able to spend a couple of hours with the CEO of a fairly large and regional company up in the Pacific Northwest where I live. He reached out and asked if uh, we could get together and discuss some of the challenges that he was facing in a in a particularly complex season of his organization and the challenges were of a particularly complex nature as well. This guy's really energetic. He's uh, very optimistic as well, a happy, joyful kind of guy outwardly and I think most of the time inwardly. Very energetic guy. He's successful by a whole bunch of standards. The conversation that we had lasted, I don't know, a couple of hours maybe. He's really engaging, very enjoyable. So time just flies by. I think maybe the bourbon might have helped. It wasn't Stellum bourbon that he and I were drinking of something else. But as our time came to a close, I remember that he thanked me effusively for the time. And he said that my, air quotes, wise counsel, he didn't use air quotes, I'm using it here. <laughs> I would have been a different meaning, right? <laughs> but he said that my wise counsel was very helpful to him. And then as I as I drove away, I felt good about that. It's fine. And I was thinking a bit about the conversation as I was driving on to my next meeting. It occurred to me that apart from describing the bourbon that I was sharing with him, I probably hadn't spoken more than a hundred words in our two hours together. And I think all or most of those hundred words were probably questions. I didn't used to be that way, though. <laughs> I do, after all, have a really high-velocity thought life. I'm like internally in my mind, often like a Jack Russell Terrier on cocaine. <laughs> oh, there was a time when I thought that my value to my friends and as a leader or a coach or an investor, my value as a CEO was directly proportional to the number of words that I spoke. The more words I spoke, the more my value. I can recall many times feeling the urge to interrupt people so I could dispense that wonderful value of my leadership vending machine. <sighs> Not listening. No pauses. Just hosing people down with information. <laughs> well, not so much now. For the past decade or two, I don't know, it's been a while, I've been so defined by a voracious curiosity about the gap between how things could be, how they kind of should be in some cases, and how they really are, that I want to deeply listen. I hope this describes you too. There's an old nugget of wisdom that pops up in my peripheral vision, maybe in yours as well from time to time. Here it is. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and a lot slower to get angry. So I've learned to be quick to listen. I don't think I'm an Olympic athlete at it yet, but I'm getting a little bit better. I've learned a lot by doing that. I've avoided a lot of mistakes. I think I've dodged a bunch of drama, <laughs> some embarrassment maybe along the way, and I've discovered all sorts of amazing ideas and points of leverage. So what about you? Does this describe you? Are you quick to listen? Are you slow to speak? I don't mean slow of speech like I just did there. That drives me crazy when people talk. 
like that? Did that just bug you? Oh, it bugs me. I don't mean slow of speech. I mean slow to interject, slow to dispense, right? Slow to speak. So here's some pro tips if you want to be quick to listen. Slow to speak. First, when you're with people, notice. Pause physically. Breathe. Notice your breathing. It might sound simple. Everyone's talking about breathing nowadays, but nobody ever does anything about it. <laughs> but pause. When you're with people, pause. Slow down. Breathe. Second pro tip. Notice when you're doing that. Notice them. Notice their affect. Notice their clothing, their hands, their feet. If you can, even see if you can notice their breathing while you're listening to them. Here's the third pro tip. Close your mouth. <laughs> Literally close it. Put your lips together and close your mouth. If you're a person who loves to interject and you want to interrupt people and you can finish their sentences and leap in and save them all this time, put your hand over your lips if that helps. Sit in a way that you can put your hand over your lips that will help remind you to not jump in and speak too often. Here's the fourth pro tip. Deliberately create pauses between their speech and your speech. About that long. Was that weird? Did you think, what, what? It's likely when I did that, and that was three seconds. It's likely when I did that, your mind may have been wandering to something else. And in that silence, your focus came back. It's about how long. You don't want to go longer than that. <laughs> so it's about three seconds. One, two, three. About that long. If it's more, four, five, Six, you'll get a weird response. And it feels weird and awkward. In fact, it might even feel manipulative. Anyway, deliberately pause between what they say and when it's time for you to say something. Here's the fifth pro tip. Ask questions. In fact, wherever possible, lead with a question. The sixth pro tip. Notice your own emotions. Make mental note of your own emotions. As you're thinking about this person before you sit down with them or interact with them, as you sit down and interact with them, as you're going for a walk with them, whatever it is, notice your emotions and make mental note because our emotions, especially if they're threat-based emotions, you know, fear of fear of our status being being diminished or, or fear of lack of certainty or something like that, okay, whenever it's a threat-based or fear-based emotion, those emotions, as you know, can distort what we hear, can also distort what we say. So notice your emotions, just make mental note. Oh, I'm feeling that. And here's the seventh pro tip. Pay attention to the number of words you speak. Now, you're not counting. You don't have some clicker in your hand. Click, click, click. But notice, am I speaking more than the person I'm interacting with? You want to speak less than the person you interact with. Ha! Huh, there you go. Are you quick to listen? Slow to speak? We didn't even talk about anger. <laughs> but I have found... Here's an interesting equation. If I am quick to listen, slow to speak, then I will probably be slow to get angry. The times when I've gotten angry, I have not been listening. And I spoke a lot more than I needed to. Think about that a little bit. I'm going to think about this listening juice and finishing it right here with this beautiful CAO Special Reserve Heritage Cigar. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. Have a great day. I look forward to our next time together. Drive safely or walk safely or get up out of your chair and move safely. I don't know. Figure out how that applies to your setting. <laughs> Take care. Keep up the good work. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. 
This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day. Thank you.